Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I talk to creative people about how they do their thing, how they hang in there, through all the ups and downs. Today I have two guests for the price of one, playwright Dale Shores and actress Dale Dickey. Uh, Dale is one of the stars of Dale's new show, which is called This Side of Crazy, currently showing at the Zephyr Theater. And Dale and Dell have worked together, I think, 17 times. Um, you may also know Dale from her Independent Spirit Award win for Winter's Bone. She was in Breaking Bad. Uh, she pops up in all kinds of things and is always terrific and memorable. And you know Dell because I've had him on the podcast a number of times. He's somebody I really admire, not just as a talent, but as somebody that makes the shit happen. All right, before we get to that, though, I want to just mention um, the game, You Don't Know My Life. Uh, we recently crossed 50 reviews on Amazon, all five stars. And then just the other day, we got our 50-second review, and it's a four-star. But you know what? That's life. We can't all... I feel a little like J-Lo at the uh, Oscars. Uh, but no, it's all good. We're happy about that. And you can get the game at youdon'tknowmylife.com or find it on Amazon. It's a ton of fun. And now here, without any further ado, it's Dale Shores and Dale Dickey. Hey there, I'm coming to you from the home of Dale Shores, one of our guests today, a returning champion. You've done the podcast before. That's right, I have. And also with us is Dale Dickey, one of the actors from your new show, This Side of Crazy. And we've got three adorable dogs. Yes. Yes, we do. Sissy, Gracie, and Bitsy May. They all have thoughts and things that they want to share. But um, I loved your play, and I wanted to talk to you about it, because it just opened... And yes. I wanted to get, uh, you know, the lowdown after the opening weekend. Like, so far, the reviews have been really great. We've, we've not gotten a bad one so far, so we're really... Thank like, you, this, this podcast could have gone a very different way. Right, I know. <laughs> <laughs> into... We would have been canceling on yeah. you and depressed. But yeah. no, we're flying high right now. We really yes. are. We've had some good reviews. I love that. Well, the show previously played in San Francisco, right? Yes. That's where it first, yes. first premiered. And uh, how was that experience up there? It was amazing. Yeah. It was, I, I, the, the, the great thing about uh, working at the new Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, the difference here is Emerson and I are the new conservatory, basically, right. in this, because we do everything. Yeah. And they had such a, an amazing team, starting with their artistic director, Ed Decker, who we love mm -hmm. so much. And he took a risk and said, I want to, you know, I want to do a world premiere of a brand new play. He came here and heard a reading of he it. He sat right us. there. Yeah, and we wow. Did, and we and, and th this exact cast. This is the room where it happens. This is yeah. this exact cast he heard. But of course, to do it up there, there was yeah. no way to take the cast with no. us. So we cast up there and we had four wonderful actresses. And it was it was a great experience. I loved working in that theater. Now, as somebody that you and Emerson do a lot, do everything... And I, I relate to that as well. Was it nice to have like, oh, you can help with this? Oh, you, I don't have to do it that. Was great. <laughs> Isn't I mean, it was great. Isn't it like your muscle have to go, oh, wait. And it's not that we do everything, right. but we produce, so we put... We put the costumer, we, you know, we, we right. hire the costumer, we get the set designer, we have to do all, there, they just do everything. You just arrive and you have this great costumer, right. you have this great Yes, set. but my dear, you were the props master for this show, I so did. every day in rehearsal, Dell would lug his bags of props from his own house. You're, yeah. the, top, you're the top master for the show. All of those cast iron skillets on the on yeah. the set are out of my kitchen. They're missing right now. Right. I just there's a lot. All the book. There's a lot of books that should be on that shelf there. A lot of hymnals. Now uh, they're all at the theater for 
We'll they're having their right. moment. They're, Six weeks. They're, they're stars. For, yes. Yeah. Dale told me the funniest story, though. Tell her the story oh, about when, when you I were. When I was in college and I directed a production of Fifth of July. Right. And um, my mom had a lot of Southern porch, you know, things. And um, uh, the, we were in the little lab theater at the university, so I didn't have a budget. And I started bringing stuff from my mom's house bit by bit to use as sure. a student play. And mom just didn't notice that things were missing until she showed up and saw the play. And she's like... <laughs> Dale, <laughs> we, we, half of my house is on your set. <laughs> she was thrilled that it was being showcased. That's but right. Not thrilled that I had taken him under her nose. Right, and, and funny a little shock on uh, opening night. Now, tell us the story of what the plot of, of the side of crazy is. How would you describe that to someone? That, well, without giving it all away, well, like, like some like, of the reviews do. Well, but that's you know that's the style of right? reviews these days. It seems like they do give and a some lot. Some people like to know all that. But, uh, but, yeah. but sometimes I feel like they're spoilers that you don't want to disclose. But I guess what the way I would describe it in a, in a brief way is Diddy Blaylock is being honored by gospel music television. And she is the most prolific gospel songwriter in the history of ever. And they're honoring her for 50 years in the ministry and all of these artists are coming to do this televised special. Sandy Patty, Amy Grant, Vince Gill, Carrie Underwood has agreed to come and sing a song because she accepted Jesus when Diddy Blaylock's uh, song was uh, playing. So they've all agreed, but Diddy has promised the, product, the, the producer of the show um, the reun- that, that, he, that she can reunite her daughters, who were little superstars for Jesus, they were child sensation gospel singers, and she said, as she says, I, you know, I did it. Uh, I just said, yeah, it's easy, done deal, and I did it without really thinking it through. And now that I have thought it through, well, <laughs> then there's some there's some hoops to be jumped through. It's been and, 25 years since we were so young and innocent. Yeah, and a lot has gone down, and some big things have happened. Huge. Yeah. it's like the, so. It's a it's a it's a play about reconciliation that probably. These people should not have reconciled. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Dale, describe your character. Oh well, hmm. Abigail. Abby, yeah. Um, most most importantly, she's been in a mental institution for about twenty five years, so um, she's pretty worn down. Yeah. She's a chain Takes smoker. Mm-hmm. She's a uh, the middle sister. The middle sister, and. Um, there were many bad things, lots of things that went down, so she's very estranged. Her mother comes to visit her, but anyway, I, I do agree to come home for the reunion, but I have to face uh, mainly my sister, Rachel, who we and I have the most difficult um, background together, and so there's a lot of forgiveness and fighting and fighting and fighting and forgiveness that, that needs to happen, and we hope that it does. Yeah, um, some stuff that has to yeah. be worked out. Yeah. And thematically, I think what you said, the word forgiveness, I really wanted to explore, can we really forgive when the circumstances are so right. severe? When the crime is so big, can right. we really forgive? And I feel like that especially people who are raised in the church like I was, that we are told we have to forgive, and we we many times fake forgiveness. We say we have forgiven, yeah. but we really have not forgiven. So this unleashes a whole bunch of emotions. And just, I mean, Dell's plays are all, all have different messages, meanings, things that people can carry away. But what I love about this one is I think we all know people in life who 
are estranged from family members and go on like that for years. So Hold on to it speak. forever. Forever. And I have seen it destroy people, even in my own family. And if there is a way to reconcile and come to that, it's a beautiful thing because life is short. Yeah. You know, you know my Aunt Ethel and my Aunt Lois, they didn't speak for 40 years. Ooh, and that's even a they time. couldn't remember why. Right. Ah! They, they stopped speaking. Right. But then when Aunt Ethel died... Aunt Lois, that's where I got where Brother Boy walked into that funeral and walked back out in Sorted Lives. Yeah. Because my Aunt Ethel died. She's up there in the coffin, and they're in the middle of the service, and Aunt Lois walks into the church and goes all the way and sits on the front pew and stays for about five minutes and then just gets up and leaves. <laughs> I've done my bit. I pay my Whoa. respects. Well, that's a statement. It was, mm. yeah, quite it was a, a scandal. Statement. I made it. Scandalous. Yeah. There were, and there was everybody had a different reason why they didn't speak. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, you know she had an affair with her husband. I mean, there was all, all this speculation. Yeah. But um, um, one, one other thing quickly about Abigail is she she does suffer from anger issues, but high anxiety. She's in a highly anxious environment, so there's a fun fine line to try to play building that. And she's on a lot of medication, but if she doesn't get it in time, it doesn't. Yeah, it can go haywire. And the beautiful actress who played Abigail in San Francisco, Allison, had to really do a lot of research and and just have to, you know, look into the psychology books and read about this medication. But Dale didn't. And I wonder why. Mental illness is all over But you track that so beautifully. It's crazy what you do in that role. Where she tracked, I mean, you were there over the night. And it was very subtle. And then to where it gets to that degree. Yeah, you feel like there's a fuse about to be lit at any moment. Was Abigail always the the part for Dale? Or did you consider maybe this part would be better? Or when you read it, did you think that's... That's the one for me. Well, I wrote it for all three of these actresses. Right. I wrote the play with Dale. I, all three so of them Sharon, in Sharon was not uh, in my head when I wrote. Um, Sharon plays. Sharon plays Diddy. Yeah. And then um, I, I, oh, we did it. We were. I knew we were going to do it in Dallas, so I knew she would be a good possibility. And then she came in and really knocked it out of the park. And she asked if she could do it in L.A. Oh, awesome! Uh, but you know, I re- when I originally wrote Diddy. I thought, God, if Carol Cook were just twenty years oh, younger, yes. you yes. know, that's kind of who I thought. Right. My, that's because I do write a the lot matriarch. of times with actors or with people in right. mind. Yeah. But I, the moment I put the first pen to paper with Abigail, it was Dale Dickens. Del- De- and Bobby Eakes. I mean, and Bobby yeah. Eakes and Rachel, and all Rachel. three of them. There's you. similarities for in all of us in in, in the role. And yeah. I, you're all so well cast, but you believe that they're sisters too. They're very specific. But they seem like a like a family. Yeah, you know, there's a look. They look a little alike, yeah. I think, especially Rachel and you. Sometimes when really? you're on stage, yeah, oh, I see. take that as a compliment. She looks like a glamorous movie star. <laughs> Bobby looks like. No, I mean, I mean Rachel Sorsa. We get so confused because yeah. Rachel Sorsa plays Bethany. I mean, Rachel Sorsa. When y'all are sitting together, oh, you yeah. you have similar features. So. Yeah, and so. What's it like when you sit down to read something that was written? With you in mind, does it feel like a gift, or is it exciting? It's like oh, it's always, it's always a beautiful gift, right? Um, sometimes it's a it's it's a little close to home, but that's what I am. It's like Raylene Hobbs was. I'm a talker, and I just sort of go nowhere a lot of the times. Um, and sometimes I used to wear two short shorts, things like that. I don't anymore, 
But, um, I think you should bring that back. But with Abigail, it's um, no, it's it's very flattering, and and I love I love working with Dell and to get to help create or co-create a role um, and bring it to life. Um, it, it is it is challenging and it's hard. I I rem- you know doing theater, doing live theater, and particularly Dell's works, you you really have to you just you have to commit completely, or it's not going to work. So it you takes a little in. toll on yeah. the end I mean, of the that show, scene but it's I'm sure. where she goes where she's like, yeah. I love my fa- I won't I won't give it away, but when she says I am boiling inside, it's yeah. just and I must say that the two I mean uh, I've known all three of the other actresses for many years, but um, Bobby and I've spent a lot of time together, and and uh, Rachel Source as well. So we it's easy for us to to be like sisters. Yeah, we're very. Um, Compassionate and friendly, and have fun together. Yeah. She's worked with Bobby's husband many times. Oh yes, you? David Harvey JD. Yeah. Now you smoke on your character smokes a lot. What is that to keep track? What is it like to keep track of? Is it just something natural that? that well, I am, I unfortunately am am still addicted to the damn things. Um, I've been in and out of quitting for many years. Sure. Um, right now, I'm still smoking a little less, but um, on stage, we found this in Southern Baptist Sissies, you just can't use real smoke on stage. And the yeah. edible cigarettes often make me sick as well as the audience. So right. we're using this old fashioned e cigarette that glows at the end. Um, they don't really make the battery to have the smoke, but it, the audience buys it. It tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. You know, you just need to, just the motion of it. So it works. Yeah. Now, you guys have worked together 17 times, is that right? Yes. What was the first time? Well, the first, let, I, may I tell you how I met her? Yeah. Okay, so. about the, the uh, meet The great Cameron Watson, who's an amazing director, and right. she went to high school with him. High school, right? Yo. We went We went to different high schools, but in the same drama tournament for Tennessee, and then his best friend oh, went to college it. with so him. So y'all were so talked about, oh, Dale We've known each other. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. and Cam's Cam doing Watson. that scene from Moliere. He's good. Oh, yeah, so, the, the, the gossip between the different schools. And then I met him when we all moved to New York together. I was in New York first. So I knew yeah. Cam because of Jim Eckerd met introduced okay. me to Cameron when he was with Perry Gilpin. Yeah. And now he's with Steve Cubine. So things have changed for Cam. And but I moved out here too. and I moved out here in ninety six. So yeah. so that was right around when I met you was yeah. right when you moved here. I moved here and did that play that Cam that got a, me involved in. So Cam was uh, doing a Horton Foot play called Laura Dennis that uh, I forget the, the name of the director. Crystal, Crystal, yes. From, from, um, so he yeah. knew how much I love Horton Foot, and he calls me, and I'd hired him on Ned and Stacy. He had, we had worked together. He's a brilliant actor, but now he's more of a he does more more directing, and he said, "Dell Horton Foot is going to be in the audience tonight." And I have you a ticket right behind him if you want to come. Oh my goodness! So I did, and I ne- I didn't meet him. I just soaked him up. I just sat behind him, watching him watch his own play. Right. And what was the, he like? He was very quiet and a gentleman, just such a gentleman, and very gracious to the actors afterwards. And his daughter had created the role I played. That yeah, one. Hallie, right? Hallie, Hallie Foot. Mm-hmm. Wow. So right by the lighting booth, right where you sat, that yeah. entrance, that right. It, this wild, crazy towns girl comes flying onto stage, just ranting and screaming, and her mother's trying to stop like her. Gloria right. Leroy played your mom. Yes, and um, and it was just mesmerizing to me. I was like, "Who, who is the that? Fuck is that? Yeah, 
And so immediately afterwards, I ran to Cam and I said, you have to, you have to introduce me to Dale Dickey. And she was very gracious. And I was telling her how brilliant she was. And I said, I don't know if you know who I am, but I, I write some plays and I have a revival of one of my plays coming up. And would you audition for uh, Daddy Stein, who's got the will, the 10 year anniversary? And she came and auditioned for uh, Sarah Lee and I cast her, and that was the last time she auditioned for me. Right from then on, it was like, like you I know, you know what, how I, it works. I'm a lucky chick. That's yeah. awesome. What was it like to do that first show with him? Wow. Well, it was great. I mean, I met all so many of his stable of actors Regular, and stuff yeah. for the first time. Newell was in there. Newell was in it, and um, and then Sorted Lives was running at the same time. We were in rep. In yeah. rep, and I ended up understudying Lavanda for a couple of weekends. And I just remember Leslie, and Leslie scared me, and so did Jordan. But I, I love doing Daddy's Diane, Karen Austin, Karen Austin, Austin Aaron it? Chandler. Yeah, it was, and, and it was a great cast. Old Donna Hardy, who's no longer yeah, with us. Yeah, yeah. and um, you know, got to wear the big hair and the big makeup, which I usually do in Dell's plays. But this one, I just go as my natural self. It's a little scary, but it's kind of fun not to have to do all that work. Yeah, it's a little little quicker to get ready before the show. There's music in this show, and you guys sound great together. Well, thank you. You really do. Like, you really buy, oh, they were they were the real deal. They really sang together. Was it a lot of work to get those harmonies and to get it They worked together? hard. Yeah. We, we have to give Blake MacGyver a, oh, yeah. a, a big, uh, big kudos for getting it being such a good musical director. He uh, the, the girl who uh, played uh, Bethany up in, uh, her name's Amy Meyer, she arranged the vocals and did the charts for the harmonies, and then Blake fine-tuned them for a little different for yeah, this. Yeah, and, and, you know, Rachel and Bobby are professional singers. I mean, particularly Bobby, right? Um, well, Rachel, Rachel too. No, Rachel I mean, Rachel's too. recorded and yeah. done, has the uh, Rachel Sorsa band, yeah. And, and so, and, and I... I had done a lot of musical theater in my past, but never was a professional singer. Um, so in trying to find which parts we would be singing, I ended up in the soprano part and still being a smoker and whatever else. I've got a very deep voice. But it, I can hit the notes. Blake worked with me hard as long as I, I hear the harmony. So, so far, it's, it's, it's just it's a lot of fun to do it. It yeah. really is. And, and, and there's something the, wonderful about singing with somebody the harm, and being harmonizing. There's something... Yeah. And there's a you Good know for your soul, I guess. It is. The first one is a rehearsal, so yeah. they don't have to be perfect. And yeah. that's one thing I can and Particularly when Mama plays the wrong note for me to start off. Yes. She's like, yeah. Yeah. It happens. It does. Um, my favorite line I think in the show is where Biddy the matriarch says, I'm not racist, I'm from the South. Yes. <laughs> and the way she says it, and it's just so I think that's something that Probably so many people have thought or said that somebody finally gave voice to. I don't know why. It just it made me howl with laughter. I so. think, yeah, I'm not sure I heard that ever, but I, I certainly felt that people felt that. Felt that way. I'm not racist. I'm not. I love. And then they use the word. Yeah. I love them. I've hired them. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh, Yeah. Jesus. It's really fun. Is there a favorite scene that you like to do or something that's a moment that, that you particularly enjoy? In, in, in this in show. In the show, yeah. Um, I'd say that it's very rewarding to finally get through most of that second act and come out and do the tribute for Mama. Yeah. Where we're all singing, like you said. It's 
it's the first time we're all kind of happy and, and joyous together. Yeah, and you've been through the fire. So that it's paid off. It's yeah. paid off. So I, I think that's, even though it is a motherfucker of a costume change, <laughs> we, we get it done. We're all back there helping each other, you know. That's and, nice. Yeah. We, we, you know, this was such a, this like Trailer Trash Housewife, this was such a hard play um, just on stage with, um, with arguments and, and mm. feelings and these actresses are so so in tune with their instrument that that they do feel these so every every single rehearsal we started with hugs we all just yeah. started hugging mm. we all hugged and then we went into and then you went from there to yeah. fighting and, 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 and the, the, the biggest fight scene in, in the near the top of that too um, is we, we, we work at so many times, Mark, of the overlapping, feeling safe, that it is, it's invigorating to do. Um, it's hard to do, but it's almost like running a, a marathon. It's just like all athletic. It's my favorite you know, scene doing, in the yeah. play. Yeah. Just because and, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's all scripted. I mean, you know, the, everybody thinks that I allow ad-libbing with these, these scenes that I have written right. over the years where there's just so much overlapping. And that's how people talk, as you say. They do. They don't wait for the next person to finish, particularly when you're heated. What does that look like on the page? Like, do you do anything specific in terms of the way it looks, or is it something you handle in directing? No, I mean, it's a a combination, but I always put a note right before they go off, and I go, honor the lines, respect the lines, but not the cues. Interesting. Yeah. So you sort of learn it as a monologue, and then it, it says overlap, 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 and you so you're you're you know how many beats to wait before your next line. You're not even really able to hear what yeah. they're saying, but it's like boom, but you boom, hear boom. something. You hear, you hear one, something. Something yeah. that triggers your next one. But yeah. you know in that scene where Bobby. Two time, two time. Where, where Bobby's on the stairs and she's on the stairs yeah. and they're screaming at each other. Yeah. I'll show you really. How good I get to look at what it looks um, like. <clears throat> Scene two, this is... Act two, scene one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, then it, it... This is how where we go. So it's all dash, dash, yeah, dash, Yeah, so dash. people are cutting each other and off. Then, and then... And then it gets to the, the yeah. just, it just Adele off. runs it over and over again until we it's just the, the rhythm is it's like yeah. a, it's, it's a like warm up we do before the show as well. It's yeah, it's our warm up. I love that. Dell, what was it like the first time you had a play printed by Samuel French and you held it in your hands? Oh. You're gonna make remember me cry. We, remember the Samuel French covers there? I mean, that's oh, high school no. to me. I will in um, college and probably I mean it, it's awesome. beautiful. I can't believe it's such an honor. So. Yeah. Oh, do you have? Oh, I get to look at one. This is the first one that. And this is um, this is gonna make me cry because it's, this is these were to my mother. Oh my that, goodness! So you wrote them to your mother. Said I love you and thank you for all your support and maybe and maybe the family will forgive me someday. Love Del. Oh, the daddy died. Who's got the will? Oh, that's Samuel her family. French. But that was the first one. They they published my. I mean, that's my second play. They published yeah. my first play after they published this one, and it did so well. But. Um, when I was a kid, my mother was the drama teacher. So every right. summer before school started, we would get this big package from Samuel French. Oh my god! And my mother would allow me to read them with her. And we and, and these we, are like these are the new plays that you could do. For yeah, your oh, she, these are the ones we're going to do. And so Can she you imagine would go, being in on that decision. So she would at least pretend that I had a say in it. So oh. I, and I would devour all oh of these gosh. plays. And so uh, for me. 
you know, Samuel French publishing my play and I didn't even, I, they just came and they just came to the show one night when Daddy's Dying was such a hit out here and said, we'd, lo we'd love to publish your play. That's amazing. And they've been my publisher since 87. And I've had a great relationship, but my big, my favorite thing I think ever was taking my mother to the Samuel French store on Sunset. Yes. And her seeing my plays oh my on the shelf. And there was a whole row of them. Yeah. That it place like, is gone now. I know. I know. It broke, broke my heart. So oh. horrible. So, uh, so it was. That was. I have to say, I think that that you hit the highlight of my career was getting seeing my play published. And also know, imagining like young people doing it and acting students and people doing yeah. monologues and just like holding that as a as an aspiring performer. It's like I don't know. Just there's something sacred about it. There is. Um, yeah, I remember like arsenic on old lace I did in high school and having this script and highlighting it and then all of, and all of those things. Um, where's the most unusual place someone's done one of your plays? Oh, um, the uh, country, uh, yeah, or, or just like a, a, the, the prison well, one, or <laughs> they, they've done. I yeah. mean, I guess you know, doing sorted <laughs> lives, uh, dra the drag version they yeah. did in a bar in uh, down in uh, Arkansas, and they, they Lord. they've done a few of the. I've done a few. I saw sorted lives in a bar. Up at in uh, in uh, Portland, yeah. they just had it. They just turned a bar into a theater, and it worked. Do it you really... ever just show up and not tell them you're coming? No, yeah. I do not. Because first of all, many many times they are not exactly the play that I I, I remember. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do make things their own. Sometimes you know? yeah. they're not. I mean, when you have Dale Dickey and right. Rachel Source, and then, right. so. But I do. I, I have gone to a lot of productions when I'm invited, yeah. and I always, uh, I always sit there and I go, "There's going to be something beautiful in this production. There's going to be a great actor. Yeah. There's going to be a, a great actress, and you know, they're, they're not all professionals that always do them. You know, these sure. people are accountants by day, and they have a passion for it. So you have to consider that. So I appreciate the stories being told, no matter how they're told. But yeah. I've had some pretty bad experiences where people decided to rewrite them a little bit. Yeah, just take a few. They invite yeah. me and then rewrite my play. Yeah, that's not fun. Yeah, like that. yeah. What did you think of my ending? Someone asked me one time. I said I liked mine better. <laughs> what did you think of my ending? <laughs> Jesus oh. is not actually character in that. It's <laughs> talked about, but he doesn't walk up on that, Well, that was a no Okay. Um, what is your... You have a very close relationship to all your actors, but is there something about you and, and women and mm. actresses? Like, because this show is all women. Is, mm. there, is, there, a, is there a dynamic that, that's well, at I think, work, or would it be the same if it were all men in terms of just how no, you approach I don't, the work? I don't know. I think that as you know, as you're you know a, a, a gay boy growing up, and we, uh, for me at least, I I gravitated to to female friends. We're in the drama department. I always had uh, this a crazy affinity for my mother and her sister and my aunt Sissy, and they were like I, superheroes. They in a were. Way to I you. just I. I they loved me deeply, right? And so I listened to them and, mm. and worshipped them and and uh, mm. wrote about them. So um, I I get on with women most of the time. Most yeah. of the time, there's a few that have you know been challenging. You but, understand yeah. them, and and you're very blessed that the gal has written so many great roles for women, and particularly women that are older, over yeah. the average you know working age. I loved one of the reviews that actually said that. He, he he gives um, he he writes roles for women that are not just ingenues. Yeah, 
And then this is a weird question, but maybe something will resonate. For about each other, in which way are they the same as when you met them, and in, in which way have they grown? Does that make sense? Which way? Which way is Dale exactly the same as when you met her? <laughs> well, <laughs> Dale's been, Dale and I both have been on. Jesus, I yeah. was married to a woman when we, right? we yes. met. That's, that's, that's the big change. That's the big change. Yeah. Were you surprised when Dale came out? No, no, yeah. no, I didn't know Dell. Like many of the yeah. people had known Dell for a long, long time. But yeah. to me, it I was had, very fast. I was, was right after. It was right. It after. was then. It I was mean, then. I met you when I was still with Kelly. But you and, were. But then, it, yeah. But you it just were, happened. It was just happening, and yeah. I've. So I didn't know Dell intimately or personally, but I've certainly have had many gay friends over the years who have made that that same decision, or right. you know. Um, so it wasn't a shock or anything to me, and I grew up knowing Dell's little girls and Newell and Rosemary and Kelly and mm -hmm. you know every it's like a one big big family. Still. Yeah, so. very untraditional family. I, I'll tell you the thing that has remained constant with Dale. There are two things that I think I always say she, she's she's um, one of our very best actresses and always oh. has been. I think she's Thank for you for America, that. one of America's greatest oh. actresses. And uh, she's she's a good human. She's a beautiful Aww. human being that I um, I adore. And I don't know anybody that embraces her damage from her life and her past and brings it into the role with such uh, earthiness and just beauty. I mean, right. it's, it's ridiculous. Which can't always be easy. I think that would well, be, it would of, be so easy to be like, I'm not going to deal with that or whatever. And I don't um, know that it's always easy for yeah, you, I but she so. knows that that's when she's brilliant. She knows that I got to go there. Yeah. And it's that's very, very lovely to, to say, Delta. Thank you. Because, I mean, you know, when she did Odette in Southern Baptist Sissies, it makes me cry just to think of I these know. moments. She would walk off stage every night when she touched Andrew's face and she would just fall apart outside mm. after she's off stage and I would I would go in and I was going it's over it's, it's over it's now over. you just have oh. to go into the last scene the other thing you know having known each other as long as we have certainly yeah. we've been through a lot of different trials and tribulations in our own lives that um you know that eventually we talk about or eventually get shared so we we've, we've been with each other and um, Dell has helped me in, through some some difficult times in my life, whether it's deaths in my family or, you know, personal problems, whatever. Um, always stuck by me, and I'll never forget. You wrote me a beautiful letter um, on Easter one year when I maybe it was the year after my sister had died, mm -hmm. um, uh, and I I had a really hard time struggling with depression and stuff after that. And it was just like all about like Odette and this is the resurrection and to begin a new day and um, the light and the beauty. So it's I it's like family, what Rosemary knew, you know, I was working odd jobs, like having to dress up like Barney to go to birthday parties. I you would dress up as Barney to go yeah, to birthday parties. Yeah, the lowest some I've had so many odd jobs, but that yeah. was a really low point she in my was, life. Uh, I'd come into I the theater. When I first I think <laughs> when you first we were first worked together. I don't know if it was Daddy's Dying or the next time, but one time she was doing these telephone sales. I remember mm. that. And then another time you were a waitress somewhere. Yes. You were still waiting. Yeah. And so the other day she was fretting because, you know, she had a costume fitting for this pilot that she's doing and having to work <laughs> out. And she's being very gracious and saying, I'm so sorry, I'm going to miss rehearsal for this. And I said, 
isn't it wonderful that you don't have to like um, you don't have to ask me, hey, I've got to get off early so I can go cover my shift over right. at the job. <laughs> so I can go ballet park cars or dress up as Tinkerbell for some kids. You, were you Tinkerbell park. and Barney? Jesus, yes. I what was, was the worst? Shrek. Shrek. Oh. Shrek, Barney, and it was a low-budget firm that did it, so the costumes were dreadful and the yeah. parents weren't happy with them, and I was miserable inside whatever costume I was in. Oh. But it was a job, and yeah. it was part-time. I, was, I think I was doing that same time I was valet parking cars. Wow. Um, but you know. Uh, but look at her now. I know. She has a spirit a award and two <laughs> ovation awards. She's on a she... lot of my favorite things like Claws and Hell or oh, High Water. Yeah. I love that movie. She I never stops really working. Blessed. Yeah. When yeah. was the moment you were able to let the day jobs go? What was that transition like? What was the last day job you had? I'd love to know. It was, uh, I'm pretty sure it was telemarketing. I was working. I was telemarketing, raising money for nonprofits. Okay. So it was rewarding in a certain way. We were just calling donor basis. So I felt right. like I was doing something. But um, I since my I first in New York, you know, I moved to New York in '84. Right. And a myriad of jobs. So and I scare some young kids by saying, you know, it was about. It took me about 25 years before I could quit my day job, and it was right around. It was. 2006, when we did the rep with when your plays, yeah. which kept me employed. I was doing three, you know, three of his shows, and I had one day job. And those were equity too, those so we equity. paid. We yes, paid nicely. So, and because I was winning so steadily, it was like my it was like a day job, but it was right. a theater job, and yeah. it was sort of a transition. I'd gotten my name as Earl yeah. at that point, which was recurring, but it was still the first time I'd made any. I'd done guest stars, but the first time I was actually able to save a, a small amount because I had five shows a year, yeah. you know, five episodes. So I think it was 2000, probably right around Winter's Bone 2008 when I actually didn't, about 11 years. Thank you, Jesus. What did that, how did that feel? Oh my, I, I there's a lot, uh, that line that Rachel said. Yes, it's I just can, so true. I can stop, I can this, stop desperate this desperate need to survive. The yes. years. And, and Rachel understands it she too. Does. She just like and I think cries. a lot of us in any of these creative fields do. It's really like, and it's something that comes up on this podcast a lot is like the hang in. Like, oh, how do you hang in? And I, it, it, it really, I mean, I'll never, I, when I first worked with Karen Austin on Daddy's Time, we were talking about, you know, we got to get you out of Scaryville, but <laughs> Scaryville. The years I lived where I I couldn't pay my bills, it was always something. I was always having to borrow twenty dollars here, which I could pay back at the end of the week, or you know, eviction notices on my apartment in New York, and yeah. it, it always worked out. But and I, and I watched my mom go through some just in regular life, but but the stress of not being able to pay your bills, and I don't have children. Um, and actually seeing, seeing like a savings account where it's like, oh my God, I have $500. Yeah. It doesn't have to go to a bill. And then it built up and um, it was huge. Yeah. Did you ever almost And quit? I never take it. No, I, I couldn't. I just dumped something in my bones. Just I just was going to keep going. Yeah. I don't know if I, maybe at some point I would have gotten beaten down, but I just... It's all I knew how to do. Yeah. The the biggest joy of 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 being able to make make a living is that um, I I I didn't have to worry about am I gonna have money to um, buy a ticket to go home? Yeah. You know, to see my family. 
Mm. And particularly when my mom was so ill with, with Alzheimer's, I, I had oh. savings. It's like, I can go whenever can the fuck this. I want. I can yeah. be there with her. I can pay for this. And that's, we all, you know, it's yeah. a huge blessing. And, um, yeah. Sorry. No, Dale, what's it like for you when somebody like Dale or um, Octavia or somebody you've worked with takes that next level up in, in sort of the bigger business? Do you feel a sort of pride? Like It's so, uh, for me, it's, uh, it, I mean, as you I watched, it's like, kind of like started, they're the world seeing what you've always seen in them. In and Octavia and, and, and Dale really started climbing about the same time. Yeah, Octavia were, Spencer, obviously. They were, yeah. they were in Trailer Trash, Trash together. Yeah. Octavia's first play and her only play. I don't think she's ever done another one. Yeah. And um, when I saw, I mean, I remember when we were all, were you here that night when she won the Golden Globe? Did we watch it here? It I was, don't think I was here. It was really for me, because that was the first big one. Because she won everything. No, for, no? For, no, she won the Golden for when she won for the help. Oh, for the help, she, yeah. for the help. Where she just started winning every single yes. boom, boom, thing. Boom, boom. And it was like, you. Could, it was almost like, uh, I don't think there was ever an award that I won that made me feel better than watching Dale win the Spirit Award or Octavia winning. Right. The, for me, I mean, when she won the Oscar, everybody I knew she was going to win the Oscar, but when she won that Golden Globe, it was just so. And she just seeing her face, and we knew her so and, well. And, and that was her first play was Trailer Trash. Yeah, you know. And she did the movie after she did the Help. She came back she and came worked back. with us. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you can relate to this. I interviewed Miley Flanagan and some of those actors from Bob's oh. Hollywood Holiday Office Party, which I'm a big fan of. That play they've been doing. It for I like know Miley. Years. I yeah. haven't seen her in a long time. Love her. And we were talking about, there's things you do when you're first starting out, like I had this mismatch game show, and you sort of think when you start, they're so scrappy, and someday we're going to be too big for this shit. We're going to be, our, our life, we're going to blow up, and every, this will feel like a million years ago. And then things happen, good things, bad things, whatever. And then you realize, oh, that was the real thing. Yeah. That was, that's the, I don't, don't you dare take that away from me. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if you relate to that idea on any level. Something that may seem not that big in scale, but in terms of what it gives you. Absolutely. Creatively. This is, it's like your home in a way. Yeah. It's a, it, but returning to the Zephyr was huge to me this time because we had such great experiences there. But for me, I mean, you know, Trailer Trash, of course, was just an amazing experience. And it was a horrible, horrible time in my life because my yeah. best friend was diagnosed the second day of rehearsal with pancreatic cancer. Oh, my God. I and so we that. went through opening that play with her being you know diagnosed and getting treatment and then we were winning awards when she had no hair and she didn't get to go to some of the awards because she was so sick so that was there's a lot of memories there you know and uh but for me it was the magic of southern baptist sissies in that playhouse and how it just ignited and we we didn't we didn't anticipate it and that was a hard one for me because i you know, I, I that was sort of my brand of therapy of d dealing right. with, dealing you know, with sexuality and religion. Boy right there, that that Southern Baptist sissy right there with that family. <laughs> All right, we and, might have to take a picture of that to post with a podcast. So um, it was it was it was tough. It was it was a tough time because I thought, oh, this is not going to be a hit. People are not going to like this play. I'm going to be condemned to hell. I'm and, very exposed. Yeah, and, and yeah. I'm telling all my shit. And then I just remember watching it night after night and watching the audiences and how it touched so many people. I mean, I literally pulled because uh, I just we just started a, a new foundation that mentors um, uh, aspiring writers, uh, awesome. LGBT writers. But I pulled a bunch of 
uh, I kept fan mail and I could of over the years and I t those letters that we got for Southern Baptist Sissies was it, it, you know and so that's the thing that don't take that one away from me and when people say you know what was the biggest night for you awards wise and it was winning the GLAD award for Southern Baptist Sissies you know when we were just not because you were, you were making a difference we were yeah. yes and, and you you always hope in this in this business at some point you know you you really can make a difference and you just never know what that difference is going to be but we all witnessed it particularly with sissies the overwhelming amount of people who were obviously moved and touched and changed um by by seeing that play it was right like we were really giving it we were giving your, the gift of your play to help heal people mm -hmm. yeah because i think there are so many lgbt people who have religion in their background and it pushes against their identity, mm -hmm. and and they it's not really written, dramatized. Right. And so I think there are probably people that fell apart in your in the audience. Oh, they did. I mean, like, they there were oh, people that I mean, but people that that uh, there was a kid in Dallas who saw it in Dallas who had had attempted suicide because he had been exposed as you know with his family, and he came to the play, and then he came back here. And he waited for me, and he said, "The day I saw your play, I decided to be Mark and not Andrew." And Andrew was the oh, what a oh, the, the, the different that, characters, yeah, yeah. And and then he said, "I changed the ending." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, and and two things real quick. Um, Trailer Trash Housewife also had the same effect in terms of uh, women who had experienced um, physical violence or emotional abuse, as well as I think a lot of people in that audience that had repressed feelings of perhaps fighting that went on with their parents. Yeah, that's the one. That was shocking, mm. but it you just never know when you see a play what's going to hit you. And, and um, but back to Sissy's also, Levi Christ coming and seeing it yeah. and writing the beautiful stained glass window song and coming every night to sing it. Yeah, he was there. And then went on to win a Tony. Tony There's another one. <laughs> but Mark. they all come back to you. That, well, yeah, he came back to to, to, to do uh, a very... That was a nice reunion for us all, to do a very sort of yeah. wedding. And, um, but this this play already, like, you know, it was like when Michael Taylor Gray, our good friend who yeah. uh, created the role of, of Benny. Benny, and he saw that reconciliation, that, that, that table scene, yes. he, said, he said, I got to go, I, I need to talk to my brother. I mean, so I hope that, that people are inspired to communicate yes. with I us. I love that. Because there's a lot of, you know, there's a, there are, there are a lot yeah. of people estranged from family. Oh boy, yeah. Yeah. You know, when it comes to you, both of you, for your, your more Hollywood careers and stuff, and, and you've got your theater thing that you're doing, do they feel like the same thing or do they feel like they exist in different worlds? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So is there crossover? Are there people that you work with on a TV show that come and see the play? Or I don't know. What sometimes do you feel, it feels Dale? like How they're. Do you feel? Sometimes it feels like they're apart. Um, they they are a little apart in in, yeah. in my book. Although I know, like when I did that first play here in in LA, I did Laura Dennis. I was working on a one of those Lifetime movies, and it was um, ooh, I can't think of their names. Um, uh, Stephanie Zimbalist. Okay. And uh, Dan Laria. And anyhow, a bunch of those people came. Some Finola Hughes, they all came to see the play. Oh, that's like, amazing. There's a lot of people that do theater, and they are supportive. Right. But it is um, it is kind of separate in, in a way, and yet there's a, um, 
the thing I've loved about it, it's like Dell's kept me gainfully em employed in terms of artistic right. rewarding, being over the years having something to work on. Yeah. You know, when you when there's no jobs coming through, it's just it's working your craft, it's mining. It's it also and, I think it it's also because I think about the work I've done and I've been very, very fortunate and that a lot of my work came out from the stage. Right. I mean, People came to saw your show and then you got jobs. Dan and Ron, Ron yeah. Cowan and Dan Littman came Susie Kurtz told them to come see Southern Baptist Sissies, and the next week they hired me on Queer as Folk. That's so, fantastic. So, and Bill Prady, who uh, you know went on to create Big Bang, Bang Theory, he was my executive producer on Darman and Greg, and he read Sorted Lives at Samuel French. He'd go there and just read a play, and he hired me because of that. Yeah, and I feel like when I lived in New York, there was they called it Showcase Theater. Right, I mean, all over town, these little showcases. No one ever came to see, you know. So, but it was almost always to be seen. Right. And out here, I know that exists as well. But for me, it's been more of I'm going to get to do a play and tell mm -hmm. a great story. Somebody might come and see me. You just never know. And we like, don't do it for that reason. But you, you don't, don't do count it for on that it. reason. But, yeah. but it happens. It money. But yeah. it happens. And it's, it's happened like, a lot with them. Yeah, yeah you just never, like, you know, I ended up auditioning a ton for Alan Ball for Six Feet Under, and then eventually he found something for me on True Blood. But I, I know it probably goes back to the fact that he uh, saw me on stage in, I think, Trailer Trash, and also casting directors that came and hadn't known my work it might put something in their mind. So you just never know. It's not in the forefront of your mind, but it's nice. When but I think the it. beautiful thing about, and that's all coming together, because, I mean, you think about Bobby Eakes and Dale Dickey and, and, and Sharon, who, you know, doesn't need to drive out to L.A. to do a play, but we do it because of passion. We do it because we care deeply about uh, feeding our souls in the theater. And for me... Someone asked me the other day, you know, you do all these things, you stand up and all, and, and what's your favorite thing? And I said, directing in the theater, one of my plays, that's my favorite thing. Something that I've already written that I get to direct and just and see it come to life. How have you changed as a director over the years? Um, uh, I feel like that uh, uh, I've, I've, I've gotten more confident as a director. I, I used to go... I used to ask a lot of people. Is that audience, do, you think, that, do you think that's yeah. good? Do you think that blocking's good? Yeah. And now I, I, I feel like that my vision is is uh, I trust myself more. I trust right. my gut. Uh, I'm not a very conventional director. I mean, ask Dale. I, I like backs to the audience. I like people screaming off stage, and you know, I like your dinner scene with four people. Yeah, they weren't like all around the. Table in an unnatural way. No, yes. Diddy, they was, sat at a Diddy had her back yes, to the audience. but that's how people sit at a table. They so, thank you. And we have to cheat them. a little bit, like yeah. this. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. Uh, you know. yeah. But, but yeah, I, 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 and every now and then I'll get a critic who goes, oh, I don't like the way he directs. To the But that theater lends itself to that. Yeah, because it has it's that got sort of shape. Yeah. Yeah. For both of you, is there a type of project that you would love to do that you haven't gotten to do yet? Because I'm sure you, you know, you have a certain uh, sensibility to to your work that you're kind of known for. Is there like I want to do a musical or I want to do science fiction? Or, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that there's. I, I mean, I, I I love the. 
I, I tell you what I would like to do. I would like to uh, I would like to have a, a hit TV series on the air for about five years. That would be awesome. Or six years. Yeah. And, 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 you know, have Dale Dickey in it. Uh, oh, boy, howdy. And uh, let's see, some, some people I haven't worked with that I would like to work with. I would love right. to work with Holly Hunter. I would love to work with, well, of course, everybody wants to work with Meryl Streep, but uh, I wouldn't mind working with Sally Field, and I would really love to work with Sissy Spacey. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, I think that'd be amazing. There's yeah. Robert Duvall. I wouldn't mind oh, him yeah. doing oh, something. Oh, my too. Yeah, I know. Just, there's a lot of good Southerners that I did that are that were too big for my stuff. You yeah. Know? Is there some something that you maybe wouldn't think that you would love to do? Superhero. Well, uh, <laughs> wow, I'm fine with that. Yes. Well, there there was a there was this was a crazy one. There was a period of time when there was talk they were going to do a live action. Movie of do you remember H.R. Puff and stuff? Of course. Well, I was called Witchy Poo from when I was five years old. Not five, excuse me, seven. I had long hair, I was really skinny, and I didn't look like a little witch. So that was kind of a crazy fun thing I thought of. But I um, yeah, you have the last laugh, right? My, yeah, get some Netflix money. But and my my university stuff? where I went to school in Tennessee, they bring me back every few years as a guest artist to work at their MFAs, and right. I've gotten to go back and do some wonderful roles I would probably never be cast in, and. The conventional thing. I got to play Blanche in Streetcar, which was just freaking amazing. Um, and then I went back and did Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd. Oh, fantastic! I stopped doing musical theater, but to get to do that was, yeah. was wonderful. But I do, I, I do miss some of the musicals. But in terms of film um, or, or television, I, um, I really want. I love the outdoors, and I'm, I'm really longing. To do like a western where I get to ride a horse. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm romanticizing you it a little like bit. You totally ride a Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, oh. You guys pick some questions from the observation deck. I think this is one of yours, uh, Dale. Uh-oh. What movie have you seen more than any other? <laughs> well, now there might be three, but I think um, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. I yep. saw when I was like nine, I fell in love with, I knew what Paul Newman and Robert Redford were about. I was too young, but yeah, love that movie. Um, uh, the movie Arthur made me laugh hysterically in my college years, so that's always one to go back Solid. to. Very different kinds of films, and, and then go figure why I watched this as many times is The Deer Hunter. Oh, that's it's, intense. It is, but it's it was. I saw it at a time in my life where I understood the epicness and, and the way he Predicted, pro, hell, what's the portrayed. word? Portrayed. Thank you. See the 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 life before the war, the community in the war, mm. and then after. For some reason, it was a very formative age where that made sense to me, and I just was overwhelmed with that. So I need wow. to revisit. That I've one. seen them all a lot. I have one that I have seen more than anything combined. Oh, To Kill a Mockingbird, of course, all the time. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. I've seen that a few. Tootsie for me. I've probably <laughs> seen twenty five, thirty times. Yeah, it's. Kind of a perfect movie. I can. It's such a perfect. Yes, movie. Yeah, it is. I can quote most of it. Yeah, it's good. All right, this is one of the ones that you picked. It's my D- I say Dell and Dale. Do you guys get confused during rehearsal when people yes. are calling your names? I'm, I'm sure that must happen. Yeah. What was your favorite souvenir from a job? Um. Well, I was looking around the room, and uh, I I like that's from. The set of Trailer Trash Housewife. And I the love cross? The cross. There. Okay, there's a little cross. And then on the I wall. love these little chickens over here. Right. They were also on Trailer Trash Housewife, the set of the movie, because yeah. my mother had those exact same ones in her home. 
And when they brought them to the set, I said, oh my God. So I've got a lot, I've got a lot in here. And of course I have, if you go around the corner, I have Juanita, a Juanita mannequin that has got Sarah Hundley's complete original Say hi, Sarah. Costume. Well, Sorted Lives especially had such a fan base. I'm sure there was fan art. And things that people created. Oh, I've got a like, lot of stuff in the garage. Yeah. And I don't have any my house. Yeah, that must be kind of flattering and, and, uh, and surreal a little bit. But yeah, this was another one of yours, I think, Dell. What was your most glamorous night? Uh, I, well, I, I, I talked about it earlier. It was when we got dressed up and Sharon had a limo and we went to the GLAAD Awards and we won. For me, that was, mm. that was a really glamorous night. Yeah. And uh, in, a, in a fun night. I love it. And you picked this one, Dale. What did you get picked on for as a kid? We kind of touched on some stuff. What wasn't I picked on for? No. The main thing I remember is um, I started doing theater as a child at the university. And like I did a lot of Shakespeare. I was in background stuff. So everybody at school accused me of talking funny. Why do you talk so funny, Dale? And it was I was listening to all this Mid Atlantic stage speech, so right. it just sort of evolved. But my my English teachers would always pick on me to read the Shakespeare in class, and you know, kids just laughed at that. So I, I got picked on for many things, but talking funny was one of them. Well, it paid off because look what you're That's doing. That's right. That's right. Um, any memorable pranks you've played or endured, Dale? Dale, you picked. Well, one. The, the 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 biggest one I ever did the, the that, that <laughs> Leslie and I both we have different versions of it. Mine's actually truthful uh, in our stand up. But when the last night of Sorted Lives, I asked Rosemary Alexander to not wear panties, and we didn't tell Leslie Jordan. And so when she did that scene. He just was looking right at her. Oh, not your He lost his mind. Oh my he god! Died. This was on stage, on not stage. shooting. Because yeah. she normally wore. Yeah, but he barely could just—he was hyperventilating, and he barely could get the enchilada line out. It took him a while to recover, and then afterwards, he was like, "That was the meanest thing you ever did to me, Delford." I hadn't seen one in years. years. <laughs> I swear to God, it snarled at me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it was very angry. It yeah, very oh, angry. That was not good. Um, okay, you picked this one. What's the worst costume or uniform you've ever had to wear for work? <gasps> what we were Shrek. Barney Shrek. Um, yeah, Tinkerbell. There was a horrible mermaid. Um, yeah, in high school, I had to dress up as Scooby Doo at an ice cream store I worked at. So I guess I've never been a Disney character at Disneyland. But you've come close. Barney, Barney. Barney. But, Dale, tell him real quick about when you just did that movie and the guy had the key to that. I just did this very low-budget indie in Ireland. Right. Beautiful <laughs> landscape, beautiful script, young, terrific filmmaker, but there were some organizational <laughs> sure. and, and crew had problems. Our wonderful props mistress had actually been production designer assistant, never done props, so... It's period. There's some period pieces. It goes back and forth. And I'm in this dungeon in 1500s with shackles around my arms and around my neck. And we're filming this intense scene. And it comes time for the lunch break. And the AD's like, Nina, where's Nina? And they're like, Nina's on the other side of the island getting ready for tomorrow's work. And he goes, well, we need the key to unlock Dale out of her shackles. And I go, 
Well, Lena has the key, and she's on the other side of the island. And I was like, just take me to freaking lunch in my shackles. I said, I'm going to have to get back into them when I get back. Maybe by the end of the day, Nina will join us and get me out of these fucking things. So I went to lunch with my neck right here. You literally have a shackle right around yes, your neck? Yes, around my neck and around both arms with chains. It's just eating a sandwich. Oh, oh yeah. Arm of the course. Like, couldn't have the soup. There's well, no business like show business, right? Yeah, I'll tell you what. Oh, man. That's hilarious. Um, what's the name of the movie so we can watch for it? It's Right now it's called Queens of Clue. Interesting. It is, Clue Bay is the area on the um, west coast of Ireland where their pirate queen, Grace O'Malley, lived in the 1500s. Nice. And has become quite a legend there in her own right. Yeah. Um, so, um, Dell, I think you picked this one. What does your family think of what you do for work? Um, I always said my mother, there she is right there, was reluctantly proud. But a lot of my family, um, I, they, they, my Aunt Rita, after Daddy's Dying, who's got the will, the movie came out. Um, yeah. Uh, didn't speak to me for seven years. Uh, we finally reconciled. But uh, I think that they're, um, it's hard for some of my family, especially with the religion, to, sure. to see some of the things that I have uh, exposed. Yeah. You know? All right. You also picked this one. Whose voice would you like to have as the Siri voice on your phone? Oh, I would like to have Meryl Streep uh, as uh, the, the character Amanda. What's her name? In, oh, Miranda uh, Priestley. Miranda Priestley. Oh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Just That's being all. being just very bitchy. <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't a question. It. it was a statement. Yes. yes. That's all. I love it. What TV show that's only on in reruns still has the power to suck you in? You pick, did you well, pick that for one? me, Sex in the City. Me too. Like that's I the can, one. Yeah, I, I, if I'm on a plane and they have like Sex yeah. in the City, that's what I watch. Yeah. My husband and I alternate between The Office and Andy Griffith. That's very different. I love it. I know. And Breaking Bad, of course, so Break, we can see Del Dickey no, kill someone with an ATF. Skank them. Oh, yeah. amazing. It's a spook. What are the roles that people... When they uh. see you on the screen, what are the ones that people remember and, and talk to you about? Well, when now it's it's still primarily Breaking Bad. Yeah. Which, you know, look, I know I have an interesting face. And <laughs> it's the hair and the chin, but I spent three hours doing lesion makeup for that meth addict, and I dropped a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, but I had friends calling me going, are you on doing drugs? I'm yeah. Like, no, it's called acting. Right. Exactly. I know people who have done this, so yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Breaking Bad, a lot. Um, yeah. I still get my name as Earl, the daytime hooker, the drug addict, and the yeah. werewolf grandma from uh, True Blood. Yeah. We were in, Probably uh, the we main. were doing the premiere of, uh, in Atlanta, of, trailer <laughs> of uh, the Trials and Tribulations of a Trailer Show, which became Blues for Willadine. Yeah. And she had, she was flying. You, what were you were doing? Um, that big movie, uh, big up in North Carolina. The oh, oh, Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3. And so, but she got to fly down for it and she forgot her shoes for the event so we had to go to the mall and this, this very uh, funny black queen who had made all his jewelry, he let us know that he had all his jewelry on him. He made Damn right. Him. You gotta promote. So, in the middle of him t trying on these, these uh, shoes for Dale, he recognized her from, and he got, Oh my God! Oh my God! You're the mama werewolf! You're the mama werewolf! Do you get your baby back? <laughs> he just went, and he went nuts. Off. It was hilarious. It was so sweet. Yeah, it was so been sweet. Fun and felt good. It is. It, yeah. Of course, it feels good. It's, yeah, it's but weird. it's like this. 
Yeah, just kind of acting out. I love that. Um, this one you picked as well, Del. What three items are always in your refrigerator? Oh, well, coffee. I keep yes. my coffee in my and creamer. Yeah. That would always be there. And I would say uh, water. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Those water. Are... Just the... Glamorous things. Similar. Yeah, similar to me, I think. Yeah, all right. And then you pick this one, uh, Dale. What's your biggest frustration? Fucking Donald Trump. Yeah. Republican Republican senators. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Except for Mitt Except Romney. Mitt Romney, Romney made me cry today in my car. Yes. And I think it's... Up. I was also raised Mormon in Arizona. And he reminds me of the men that I grew up around in a good way. Like a certain... Yeah, you know, I don't agree with them politically, but there's a decency to exactly. those men that I grew up with. And it and it came, uh, mm-hmm. you know, out today in a huge way. That And I just was driving and I just found myself like sobbing. The decency. But not Miss yeah. Lindsey Graham. She did not. Oh, no, she no, no. No, she, no, no. And I you bet know. you John McCain is rolling in I his mean, grave. Where it's crazy. He would have he yeah. stood up. So. Uh, so tell people how they can come and see your show and how long they have. Well, we have a, we're, we're running until March the 8th. Okay. Six weekends. Six weekends. We run Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Two, two shows on Sunday. Two right. and seven. And Friday and Saturday at 8 o'clock. Eight. So four shows a week. Uh, and we run until the 8th. And you go to delshores1l.com and tickets are there. There you go. I love it. All right. Before we wrap this up, I just... Del, I admire you so much for the way you make the shit happen and your talent and stuff like that. But you, you keep, you, you, do you ever just get frustrated? Like, I don't feel like doing this shit. <laughs> you know tired. what I mean? Like, I mean, I'm so inspired by you because I know how hard it is to kind of keep trotting it out. And, yeah. you know, you know what I you know, It doesn't I, seem like you got a lucky break and then just... Things just worked right. out all the way. It feels yeah. like you, workhorse. a yeah. workhorse. Yeah. And do you it's, ever? And do you ever get I discouraged? Had a lot, but no, I have, of course, I'm human. I get right. discouraged, and, and I then, have gotten discouraged. I don't. I right now, life is good, and I, yeah. I feel like I've gotten it back on track. And uh, you know, there was a, a a horrible financial period of my life in mm. 2006, and I, I came back from that. And so right now, I'm at a place where I. Uh, I have the philosophy that I only want to work with people that I want to work with. I only want to work on projects that I want to work on. I don't want to work with any more assholes. Right. And so I stay happy that way. And, and I, it works. I thrive on being busy. I yeah. love being busy. I love traveling. I like going yeah. to, you know, I do so many different things. Yeah, like, you, you stand I, up, you do one-person shows. I teach once yeah, a year yeah, at a college time. now, you know. Uh, I go to... That's amazing. I... I I love it. I just love all of it. So yeah. Uh, and if I don't, if I stop loving something, I stop doing it. Yeah. Um, D- Dale, sometimes I just ask a ba- very simple question: Why do you act? I really. <laughs> I it, it's been in my heart and soul since I was a little girl. It's uh, it's all like I I kind of know to do, and I it, I can't imagine not doing it. I still love what I do. Now, when the day hits when I don't, I will maybe become a grip. I don't know. But um, it's the only time I'm disciplined in my life. And um, and I just love working. I love working with other artists and creating roles and observing. And um, I guess I'll just keep doing it until I can't anymore. 
You could be a grip. Every every time we 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 stop rehearsal, we have to clear the stage at the Zephyr, and Dale just starts picking up shit and you taking it out to the alley. She's helpful. <laughs> I like to be, being I helpful. like to stay busy too. Being a too. Team, team player, it is. And theater does teach you that, yeah. that collaboration. You know, yeah. and it's everybody's job. Nobody's job is any more important than yeah. the other person, particularly. But I think before we go, we have to give props to our co her co stars. Oh yeah, they're, 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 they're all three of them yeah. are just doing and they're, they're rocking it with these reviews. Bobby so. Eat, Sharon Garrison, Rachel Soares, yeah. and our brilliant crew backstage, Letitia. And, and we have and the most amazing uh, woman, Susan Leslie, who you saw in uh, Yellow. Dale is uh, shooting to, a pilot right now. That's, so, that's so exciting. She, so yeah. second weekend, yeah. Susan's going in two yeah. shows, and she we just rehearsed today, and she's fantastic. I just loved so. how all four of the women were so specific. It's so well drawn and, and yeah. that you believe they were a family. You felt the history and yet they were all very individual. And Dell's all if I can just add this, yeah. Dell's been really good over the years. You know, now the whole equity contract thing has changed, so we're getting paid minimum wage or whatever. But over right. the years, always in his shows it was like he didn't want people to to miss paying work, good paying work. So you've always had understudies right. and villains so that you you feel you don't feel panicky if you have to leave. You're going to be in good hands, and, and I'm that's, a huge, that's a huge service to that whole community. Absolutely, and, and I, we, I'm very fortunate that I have somebody like Susan Leslie mm -hmm. who will. We don't call her an understudy; we call her a guest artist. That yeah. she can come in and, and take over a role at that caliber of an right. actress, and, where and, you you know and sometimes. Really good. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I always feel, and then of course the codependency yeah. kid's like, well, I owe Susan Leslie, now i got to cast her in something else. <laughs> <laughs> it kicks in. And I will, yeah. I love her. Dale, is there anything else we should be watching for that, that's coming out? Or um, Well, let's see. Uh, uh, Television-wise, I did a, a thing for, um, oh, I'm sorry, I can't remember. That's okay, you're Amazon on Unbelievable. Or, yeah, Unbelievable, which, which is, is Netflix. Fantastic. Yes. Thank you. I, it was a, a so like, smart, great so thing good. There's a new anthology series coming out called Them Covenant, um, which I pl play a really disgusting um, character in. Unusual for me. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, I don't know when that's going to air, but it's, right. I think it's Amazon or Hulu. And then I did... Um, I did a film that was just at Palm Springs called, I mean, no, not at Palm Springs, it was at Sundance, it's called Palm Springs. I saw the, um, the reviews for it, yeah, yeah. And, I and it had a big sale. It had a big sale, and I have yeah. a tiny role, but yeah. they, those guys asked me to come and play as, you know, a bar slut. It was great fun, yeah. I had a great time. Well, you just did the Sean Penn's movie. Sean Penn's new movie called Flag Day. Direct, did he direct? Or directed he and ended up starring in as wow. well with... Both his children, his daughter Dylan, is the main lead in it. It wow. spans three decades. It's based on a book. I have a tiny role, but I'm thrilled that Sean called me and asked me to. to What's come. he like? Sean's great. I mean, yeah. I, I, I I first met him in 2000 out of the blue when I got an audition for his film The Pledge and yeah. he cast me in a, in a role in that. Hadn't heard from him in 18 years, and out of the blue, he called me and thought of me for yeah. this and. I adore Mr. Penn and the work he's done for humanity, particularly with his Haiti project. Yeah, he, um, he it is walks the extraordinary, walk. and yeah. it's, it was really lovely to see him and his children again, who are all grown up. Yeah, um, you know, because I knew them when they were little back mm. when he was still with Robin. Yeah. so um, you know, yeah. What, yeah, what an honor! It was it was great fun. Um, you play your share of down and dirty types, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you find a way into them, like. What is your what is your approach in terms of like I think taking characters that other people would maybe play in a very limited way you find a way in in a really unique way 
Do you know what I'm trying to get at? I I, I think so. Yeah. I know. I, and I, I I play a lot of quote undesirables. Or I remember I I had a guest on a thing called City of Angels years ago where I played a homeless woman who has obviously mixed race, but you don't tell it from her. Um, but she speaks sort of with a black lingo and African American slang. Right. And at one point, she has to drop her pants as if she's going to, you know, use it on the floor. And I had heard it had been turned down by a couple of people. And I was like, I'm game. Yeah. I'll play her. But it's, it's, just, it's just, it's like, I love getting to know the homeless people in my neighborhood. Um, it, every, there's humanity in everyone. Everybody has a story. You never know when you're going to fall on bad times. And um, yeah. I, I understand addiction and mental illness and um, Difficult lives. It's just you. I want to make those people have a, a place in life, and you know, disenfranchised characters. So I, I enjoy trying to bring something to them, and or she also and sort of show the humanity and, the and humanity give them a lot of dimension, and dignity, and yes, dignity, and dignity, which they deserve. We're yeah. all we're all human beings. Yeah. I always say to actors when I direct or when I teach, I say scratch deeper, scratch deeper. To writers too, I say scratch deeper, scratch deeper. You don't have to tell. Scratch <laughs> oh my god, that's such a beautiful way to end it. Yeah, I'm going to call this episode Scratch Deeper. Final question. After a show that's great, what's it like afterwards backstage when you guys... Are you spent? Are you happy? It's a killer show. You gave it all. We were pretty happy opening that. How do you feel? Very happy because it was, you know... I mean, Dell's shows require rhythm and pace and he's a master at orchestrating it. But if you get off, it's... It's hard to get back on track, and we were just joyous that we hit our there mark. There were some struggles in, in some, rehearsal. In rehearsal, but we, um, yeah, we're all celebrating, and getting naked and laughing and clapping and eating food. And um, but it's tiring. It's exhausting. Yeah. So but we're you're all, tired, but you can't go to sleep. You're, exactly. You're wound up, you and you can't. I got home and eat a big cheeseburger and fries. There you bad, go. Bad, From bad, where? Bad, bad. Wherever I can find. Wherever it, it is. All right. Know. I'll support that. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Congrats thank on you. the show. Everyone needs to go see it. It was a pleasure talking to you. I admire both of you so much. Thank so. Thanks you for having so much. Thanks again to Dale and Dale. That's like the third podcast in a row where people got a little emotional. Something's in the air. Um, all right, so this happened last weekend. This past weekend was Oscar weekend, and I was very happy about the awards, and I, I, I got a good feeling watching them. I'm so happy about Parasite winning. Um... And the two nights before that, we did the mismatch game at the Gay and Lesbian Center, uh, the ongoing game show parody uh, show that I host and produce. I was so nervous that I wouldn't have a voice for the show. I've been dealing with a sinus thing. And as you can tell, it's it's not not fixed. Um, and I was drinking hot tea. I was so anxious. I'd, I'd been struggling for a while. Uh, and we got through it. My voice held out. It wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. Um, and on Saturday, particularly, it was nuts. We sold out. We had to add a bunch of chairs. We had to turn people away. It was the busiest mismatch game ever in terms of like attendance. And the people were bidding on the card auctions like crazy. We raised a total over the four nights of $5,645 for the Gay and Lesbian Center and 1600 of that was just card auctions on Saturday night. People were bidding like maniacs. And they'd be, there'd be like a bid of like $10. And then someone would just go, 90 Like, people were just bidding crazily. And I'm thinking up there, who are all these people 
with this money and can any of you fucking hire me? I, I'm going to have to find out who they are and then just parasite them. I'm starting to use parasite as a verb. Um, it's where you, well, you basically parasite them. Um, Friday night was really fun too. We had um, Leslie Ann Warren came to the show and was super nice afterwards. And we had a, we had a question actually about Pamela Anderson's short marriage to John Peters, the producer, which just happened and lasted like 12 days. And Leslie told me that she had been married to John Peters and they had a, a child together. Uh, so I was like, well, there you go. Small world. Um, but she was so fun and she really loved the show. She was there with a friend of hers named Marin Dungy, who is an actress that you've seen in a lot of things. She most recently played the detective in Big Little Lies. Uh, who's very suspicious and dubious the whole time of our lying ladies who have secrets um, and lies. Um, that was super fun. And then also on Saturday, there was a guy there who, uh, I don't know his, his name, but he goes by The Vivian. Uh, his drag persona is The Vivian. And The Vivian was the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Um, and she was there in the audience, um, not in drag, uh, a friend of Jackie Beats who was on the panel. And afterwards, I got to talk to the Vivian. was super nice. And then I came home and looked up some clips online to just see what the Vivian was like on the show. And she did Snatch Game as Donald Trump. And her Trump is hilarious and amazing. And I could see why she took the whole thing. But it was very surreal to think, here's this person who did Snatch Game in another country, an ocean away... Uh, and Snatch Game is now part of this show going on 10 years. Um, and we've been doing our show for like 15. And yet now she's coming back to where we started doing the show. Anyway, it was just a full circle. It's either, as Oprah would call it, it's a full circle moment. Um, I, I'm choosing to look at it that way. Um, what else? I think that's about it. It was a crazy weekend with uh, lots of fun and lots of money raised and... Most importantly, my voice held out through it. So thank you guys for listening to my podcast when my when I'm not 100% uh, there for you vocally. Um, but I, I've loved the recent conversation, so I'm, I'm glad we're doing it. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye! <laughs>